Welcome back to the Cybersecurity Evangelist, the cybersecurity podcast for everyone. With cyber being an integral part of nearly every minute in our personal lives and the cost of doing business in today's world, cybersecurity is less about cyber and more about people. So, on TCE, our goal is to address the human element of cybersecurity and how with proper awareness and a few basic tips, everyone can be more cyber secure. During this episode, we experienced a couple of audio glitches that I was unable to edit out. We actually had a connection drop too, but the timing on the drop was so perfect that I was able to parlay that into part two for next month. But right now, let's get started with episode three of TCE and part one of Am I Doing Enough? We begin our chat with a very real-world incident that nearly cost a small-town water utility $3.2 million in fraudulent wire transfers. Then we make a quick nod to two very human-oriented awareness initiatives with National Insider Threat Awareness Month this month and National Cybersecurity Awareness Month next month. Before jumping into what I'm calling on this episode, the five P's of basic cybersecurity to help make sure you are doing enough. Thank you for tuning in. On this third episode, I am joined by Shay Tremblay. She's the Information Security Manager and Public Relations Contact from South Flint County Utility District in Maryville, Tennessee. So I first met Shay uh, in Kentucky last year at a conference where I represented one of our clients. I loved her passion, uh, not only for cybersecurity, but also uh, she joined me in one of my passions, insecurity awareness and spreading the word. Then I got to work with her on a presentation for that same client just a couple of months ago. So, Shay, thank you so much for joining me today on the Cybersecurity Evangelist. And if you could tell us a little bit more about yourself, a little bit about your journey that led you to your current role uh, dealing with cybersecurity issues and especially your passion Absolutely. for security well, awareness. Thank you so much, uh, Jennifer, for having me here. This is, like you said, a, a huge passion of mine. Um, I started out... 14 years ago, working in sort of the IT operations department at a little small local bank. And as things tend to do when you work for a little small organization like that, you wear a lot of hats. And I was able to learn an awful lot on the job and and went in the direction more of, of IT. And as the world grew more in that front as well, more things became connected. The bank more and more was online. We were offering technical banking products to our customers, we kind of had more of a need for someone to spearhead that and be in charge of employee education, as well as customer education. Uh, And I I loved it. I love teaching. I love sharing knowledge. So it was a very natural fit for me. And I kind of grew into uh, installing and building computers that were set up for our users. And that spread into a little more network awareness and kind of bite by bite, I broadened my awareness as far as what that infrastructure looks like for an organization. And in that process, my eyes were opened to a lot of security risks and how really exposed every person, not only every person, but every organization is. And it's undoubtedly more than an individual really realizes on on the first whack at it. So 
I, I loved it. Um, we engaged a company called Know Before to start our security awareness program. And I mean, I love putting together newsletters and sharing information and colors and, and pretty pages mm-hmm. like that. So g- gathering all this information <laughs> together and then digesting it and figuring out how I could regurgitate that to my peers so that we could engage on it so we could talk about it and talk about it in a way that was real you know how are we seeing this every day not just how it's written on a sheet of paper you know you need to change your password every 90 days but you know how does that apply to our life every day at that time in the banking industry you know and and it it very quickly bled over to our customers and we need them to be more secure and them to be more aware because that's a tight relationship right there. Um, so that's kind of how that started my transition to South blunt and really the role that I'm in now started from an, a security incident with the utility district. I was, yeah, so it was, okay. um, and I think a lot of times that's, kind of how that starts somebody's awareness is sparked by an event like that and uh Mm -hmm. sadly it takes an incident to like oh wow this really came right Uh, so we kind of had that in common you know at first the bank being small town and the utility district you know you serve the community that you live in and and nestled here in in the smoky mountains you just kind of get this safe feeling right Mm -hmm. that it's not here you read about it on the news, you see it, but it's it's not happening here. And, you know, that's totally a, a false idea. So they actually had um, the Emotet virus infected their network, which is the online banking Trojan, I believe. It uh, compromised mm-hmm. their logon. So the malicious actor was able to create another user account. And from there, he adjusted all of his security um, rights, gave himself ability to send wire transfers, which wasn't previously set up for the company. Um, And I say that to say that sometimes the security features you think you have in place aren't really as permanent as you think they are. Kind of, you know what I mean? So um, they they had these things in place and and didn't realize that that could all be changed if someone was able to compromise the right set of credentials. So uh, either way, they, you know, had their online banking compromised and sitting at the bank one day working, we got flooded with 17 wire requests back to back to back to back to back. And the way our system would work is if a wire came in through that online banking program, it would sort of like, you know, pop up a message on your screen and freeze everything you were doing and it when it would go away it would often clear out the fields you had typed so 17 in a row needless to say other than being frustrating (laughs) was you couldn't ignore it you know we were all just kind of stopped and right three was probably like (laughs) whoa okay one or two is like meh Three is like something's up, and yeah, yeah. it's seventeen. Uh, I just want to interject. E- yeah, Emotet yeah. back then, Emotet was a banking trojan, but f- or strictly a banking trojan. But for maybe the uninitiated in the audience, um, just to understand, and we've talked about it here before, how it's pretty easy to be a hacker, and you've got these really smart guys, and hacking or computer crime is a is a business. This Emotet thing we're talking about is almost like a business and infrastructure in and of itself. It has become so huge and gone from so much more 
than just a banking trojan. It's actually responsible now a lot for all these ransomware attacks that you're hearing about. There's a big percentage of these ransomware attacks that have been, um, you know, have had that. We're going to Emotech yeah. component. Try not to talk too technical on this, but uh, you know, you get infected with open this email with with this emotet, and it you know launches uh, a ransomware attack. So um, it's evolved from more than what yeah. as dangerous as it was back then. Uh, I just kind of wanted to interject that Absolutely, since you brought yeah. up emotet. <laughs> so I I will uh, back to back to you because it's fascinating. Seventeen wire yeah. transfer requests for what? How? Hun- thousands three thousands yes three point I mean, two I million dollars total which Ooh. you know to a utility that, that not only to any company but that that's huge it would have i don't know how mm-hmm. the utility district would have recovered from that in all honesty i mean it is detrimental and when you start talking about being a critical service provider you know water we do just strictly water and a few wastewater places, but you know, that that's a big deal. And the security, not only surrounding the financial side of the district, but you start looking at, you know, the control systems and the things that, that kind of control like the water treatment plant or, you know, all these other things, it's all online. So, you know, it, it opened up the eyes of, of the powers that be at the utility district that, you know, well, we are, very exposed here, you know, and we kind of need to get our arms around it with Shay's connection. Um, but then also the other thing I think that amazed me was the organization of the people that exploited the district. There were 17 different accounts all over the United States with full addresses, names, every piece of information you could need to fill out a wire transfer request. And it was going into all of them, which just kind of blew my mind. It was a big operation, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So we worked together, you know, I immediately, of course, got on the phone, called the utility district, called the IT manager, spoke to them. They got on the phone with their, they had an outsourced IT company at that time and talked to them and immediately started doing forensics and, and, you know, trying to figure out what all had gone where, what had been affected. Um, Fortunate for them, we didn't send out those wire requests. Um, We had a, like a human, and I think this is kind of important to just keep in mind a lot of times when you're thinking about IT and, and these automated processes, you know, things can get so automated to make life easier. But if if the process is automated from A to Z and there's not that human part in it that says, actually, yes, this is good. Now keep going. Then things can go wrong real quick without anybody totally understanding what happened or even being aware of it. You know, our, so at the bank, I felt like that was something that we had set up really well. And that came from years of, witnessing things like this on a much smaller scale, but with like our individual customers, somebody's email gets hacked, you know, a a wire request for a real estate purchase gets intercepted and routed to somebody else. And these are things that, that happen. 
That's devastating for an individual. Yeah. I mean, you have the businesses that are looking at $3.2 million, but when someone, you know, it just brings tears to my eyes to think of someone with like their whole life savings that gets this fake email from presumably their title company or their mortgage yes. company that says, oh, we need you to change your account information. And they do it without even thinking because they're so distracted and so excited yeah. about this new purchase. And then it's, it, it's almost... You know, it feels like even if they're able to recoup and work it all out, in some cases, sadly, they're not, but uh, they can work it all, you know, but if they can't work it all out, they even when while they're trying to, if it's, you know, if they are able to, it's still like, just devastating. Yeah like their life savings, you know, and just, yeah. oh, absolutely. So continue. Sorry. Well, I, I just like felt so strongly it, about like, yeah, it really It happens. does. <laughs> it, it really does all too often, you know, and a lot of times what would save the day in some of those situations and definitely in the South Blunt situation was that immediate reaction. You know, we had a situation where exactly what you described, this person was actually buying some, uh, raw land, I think up in Kentucky. So he was spending $50,000 to purchase a couple acres. The title company was obviously not local to us. So he had been only communicating with them via email. And so at the last minute, like you said, they changed the wiring instructions and the wire was sent. Well, he called immediately Mm -hmm. when he found out, which was maybe a, a few hours after we had sent the wire, you know, and the day had been processed. But we got on the phone and called, um, I think it was U.S. Bank at the time, that where the wire had been sent. They froze the funds in the account because the account that it had gone into had been under review for fraudulent activity for a little while anyways. And, uh, you know, we submitted the paperwork, the whole, all these forms that you have to fill out. Uh, there was a case opened and the guy actually got his $50,000 back. Oh, it was 90 goodness. days later, <laughs> But, yeah, right. Which to some people is an eternity. Sure. They don't have that kind of, absolutely. you know, those kind of funds. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, that was a domestic, uh, you know, domestic incident. Yeah. Had that been international, he may not. If that money account number had been international, he may have never right. seen that 50000 again. Very right. And, and, you know, working at the bank for 14 years, there were certainly a lot of instances where it wasn't recovered. And, and like you're saying, it's devastating. It's sad because a business may have cyber insurance and while their insurance premium may go up for the most part, you know, they're set up to, to kind of recoup or be able to rebuild from something, but the individual isn't. Yeah. That's it's, it's personal. (laughs) You know, it is so personal. It absolutely is. You know, when that, I mean, it's, it's devastating no matter either side, but like you said, businesses usually have some kind of resources where they, you know, there's that risk acceptance. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's things to do and we'll, we, you know, we'll talk about that. But when this things happen to individuals that think, you know, small town USA, it's not going to happen to me or who wants anything I have. And well, these are, these are the, the kinds of themes and the kinds of subjects that, um, these attackers are looking for just, you know, just that they're, you know, and they're breaching these title companies, Yep. you know, and it's just, I was going to, um, kind of give a recap of what we covered last time on the cybersecurity evangelist, but you've, you made it more real 
your, <laughs> you know, y- you know, your background yeah. just made it more real than anything <laughs> that I could ever say um, and really build it up into, you know, some of the things that I want to talk about as, as far as, you know, you know, what to do. Um, but you did hit on, um, actually, I should back up and ask if there's anything else. I guess there's a little bit more you wanted to share um, on how the utility actually responded uh, favorably if I'm not, if I'm, if I'm correct. Yeah, absolutely. So they, they did, they reached out to their, their, their people, their IT companies, and were able to uh, determine that the breach did not cross over to their industrial control system. So nobody was able to traverse to the plant. All of that system was totally secure. Um, It was just the online banking that had been compromised in one of the computers there at the, at the location. And part of that is due to their net, you know, how they're set up and stuff like that, the, the procedures that they have in place. So working with them to kind of get reports out of the bank and, and logs, user logs and activity and all that kind of stuff and provide that information to insurance and forensics. And I think they had the TBI involved and, and things like that really strengthened the relationship between me and the utility company. And a year after that incident, or about six months after that incident, the bank I was working for actually sold to another bank. And I elected to not stay on after that merger. And the utility company asked me to come work for them. So nice. yeah, that's where I landed. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So I will Uh, Thank you for sharing that story. Uh, I mean, just a lot of great conversation, you know, back and forth just in your story on how, um, you know, the human perspective, looking, you know, having those checks and balances Mm -hmm. in place, uh, which I think a a lot of smaller organizations don't have and yours did. I love the really the success story uh, involved in all of that. And, you know, showing that small town USA where uh, I kind of, uh, last time uh, on the cybersecurity evangelist, we did wrap up with why it's important to overcome that. It won't happen to me mindset. And you just laid out every reason why yeah. it's important. <laughs> um, and then hopefully we'll continue with the rest of this episode, or, you know, the rest of this episode with, you know, talking a little bit about increasing cyber hygiene and security posture, doing a lot of the same things that you've done both when you were um, in the bank, as well as now with the utility district. And I, I do want to say really quickly that our, uh, our paths were very similar in that respect. Although I started off in county government with an IT background, you know, IT support kind of grew quickly into, you know, information security before it was it, before information security was a thing. Yeah. And, you know, and found that, you know, when I would visit, do a tech support call and visit, you know, a user at their desk and they'd have a question. I had this really, uh, you know, I had a, I had a, not a, I don't say a gift, but I had the ability to translate the technical into, uh, you know, a, a manner of that or a, an example that the user would understand. And I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense. Okay, thank you. You know, the guys come down here and they just like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some of them yeah. are like that, but others, and, and so they just, you know, it makes you feel good and you want to do, you want to do more. Yeah. And that's how that grew. But then, and then that's when I, I transitioned to financial services for the major part of my cybersecurity career until I, uh, you know, kind of moved on to, to take other cybersecurity roles, uh, you know, where I'm at now with Gate 15. 
routine and whatnot. But um, so very similar in that in that respect. So um, you kind of hit on, you know, we're talking about the people aspect. And before we jump into some of the, you know, what can you do? What are the important things uh, to look for? Some of the basic tips. Uh, I wanted to take a moment to recognize September. Um, there's a, a National uh, Insider Threat Awareness Month is actually in September this month. Um, it's not just cyber related. There's certainly a big cyber component, as we've heard from Shay's story. Um, but I just want to bring awareness and attention to National Insider Threat Month, actual Insider Threat Awareness Month. I did bring that up on the Risk Roundtable in the previous um, pod, Gay 15 series podcast, um, just as, an, as a side note. But uh, National Insider Threat Awareness Month does aim to increase organizational preparedness of this prevalent and perpetual threat that all organizations of any size or type uh, or any part of the country, um, all organizations face threats from those that we we trust, our entrusted insiders, whether they're employees or contractors. They don't always intend to cause harm or damage, but sometimes they do. And and oftentimes they don't intend it, but things still happen. Um, And you even kind of touched on it, Shay. Every person, each one of us, even you, even me, represent an insider threat to our organization. We can have a bad day and make a just a hasty, distracted decision mm-hmm. and click on the wrong email. I mean, it, it happens to security people. It really does. Um, so don't feel bad or embarrassed if it's happened to you because it's happened to us, too. And we just have to. If, the sooner we can acknowledge it and the sooner you can report it. Uh, if you're in a business or if even if you're, you know, personal, the, the sooner, you know, if, if you're a resident at home and, you know, just uh, if the sooner you call your family tech support person, i.e. Yeah. me, it's probably you for your family <laughs> is, too, yeah. the better we can either help ease your mind and or, you know, help you recover and, and do the right thing. I mean, even a sole proprietor, you know, working for themselves, they're the only person in their business. Again, that whole distraction I click on something or do something that I, I just, I was having a bad day, yeah. um, but that can cause loss or damage. And a sole proprietor can actually uh, be an insider, you know, an insider threat to their organization. So um, with that, uh, in case this becomes a two-parter, which I'm pretty darn sure it's going to, uh, <laughs> which I love because this is awesome. I could talk for days about this with you. Uh, however, I, I do another one of my favorite topics is um, we, we talked about it both as security awareness and October is national cybersecurity. Um, excuse me. <laughs> wow. I'm like um, national cybersecurity awareness month NCSAM. I was looking at the acronym and my brain just completely went. <laughs> um, so Shay, would you care to kind of take it away and give yeah. us a, a little intro uh just a little bit on what um national Cybersecurity awareness month is all about because it's october is not just for pumpkin spice just want to get that right. out right <laughs> you know while you enjoy your latte um <laughs> so it's definitely i think it's been around for about 16 or 17 years um and it's it's really a big it started out kind of small as a grassroots push um with the Department of Homeland Security and the National Cybersecurity Alliance, really to just try to bring awareness to everyone, every American, everybody that's out there, whether you feel like you have an online presence or not, um, to try to increase the awareness for the need of online security so we can all be safer. Because kind of like that, you know, 
everybody, if we're all individually safer, that makes the greater good that much safer. It's like this exponential thing, you know? Um, and it's, it's amazing. Last year was the first year that utility participated in it. We did every year at the bank. Um, and I think it's a great thing because a lot of people didn't expect that type of communication to come from their water company. They're like, well, mm-hmm. what is this about? But it, it's everybody, you know, when we wanted to try, you know, if we can help bring awareness to somebody because they're wondering why we're communicating this to them and it gets their curiosity peaked, you know, and they start reading and they start looking and they start thinking critically, then that's a win, you know. Um, but definitely this campaign is, it's totally free to participate. It's just a way of sharing information. There's tons of customizable releases. There's social media posts, nice little videos. I mean, you can take it and put it into employee newsletters, customer newsletters. There's themes. Um, And I think this year's theme is, um, actually, I think I might have just forgot it. That's okay. It's do your part. That's right. And then hashtag be cyber smart. You know, there's all kinds of materials for businesses to incorporate into their programs or to get their jumpstart their programs or it's freely available to use Azure program, uh, tons of material. And for yeah. individuals, uh, if you don't feel like asking your, you know, family tech support or family security <laughs> support person, um, you know, if you're on social media, Twitter, in, probably on Instagram, I haven't checked Instagram, but definitely on Twitter um, and probably Facebook. Um, but if you use the hashtag and then be all spelled out, be cyber smart, um, then you can follow the tips um, from the National Cybersecurity Alliance and the Department of Homeland Security and, you know, get their uh, day probably multiple times a day. If, if I don't, I follow it, but I don't follow it, yeah. you know, like every minute, but multiple times a day, they would tweet out. And if you agree with it, you know, like it, hashtag it, re, you know, uh, retweet it, whatever other people are retweeting this. So anything on be cyber smart uh, should be very helpful for you to understand, um, you know, all the different aspects of cybersecurity. Absolutely. So um, we started off kind of in your story, uh, overcoming, you know, your story helped people overcome the, it won't happen to me, uh, idea. And then on, but on the flip side, as I mentioned, we have those that acknowledge there's a threat. They're not cyber related. They're not even technology related. It's just, you know, um, Jane or Jim off the street and maybe they're your contractor at your house or something and they find out you do security and they're like, you know, I want to ask you, I have this, whatever, you know, and, and they want to know, am I doing enough? Yeah. Um, so I, I actually, this was inspired by another uh, webinar actually, um, where the guy kind of said the same thing. He's like, Hey, I have questions. Um, and then the second inspiration for this theme for today's podcast was, um, mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> There's always this requisite mom <laughs> shout out on, on my podcast and other gay 15 podcasts. My colleague and I, Dave, have a competition on who can make more gen mom <laughs> shout outs. So uh, hi, Dave. <laughs> so take that. But anyway, uh, mom called for some help. She's like, you know, back on Mother's Day, you told me I should back up my computer. She had a you know, kind of a, that, you know, loss pit of the stomach feeling when she thought her Mac was about yeah. to die. And I'm like, y- are you backing anything up? And she was <laughs> like, huh? 
So, and she's really good. Bless her heart. She's really good. If I explain, she'll ask and I'll explain something and then she'll like, you know, remember like, Hey, you told me about this. So she pinged me and she's like, had one, another one of those moments. And, um, so I was looking for something cause I wanted to help her. I ordered her backup drive and I just said here, happy mother's slash birthday. It was late. And I just Amazoned it to, uh, you know, to her, to her house and she got it the next day and she's like, now what do I do? <laughs> so as I was like, I can't help you right now, but I thought, let me see if I can find some kind of resource. And I ran across a website. It's, it, it seems like it hasn't been updated lately, but it's called Mac help for mom. So the information hasn't been updated but it's still relevant because max you know i mean they get better and better but their functionality their features don't usually change you can usually kind of follow old stuff and and perform the same function so anyways it was called mac mac help for mom so a little bit of a shout out to that person that put that together this will be in like show notes and blog posts and stuff all the resources that we mentioned today um will definitely be included so folks that might want to look stuff up don't worry about um, jotting things down feverishly because we'll have things out there. But um, so anyway, that was those were kind of two of the inspirations for this. And, you know, as cybersecurity professionals, when people ask, am I doing enough? We keep harping, I think, on the same things. And it, it, it equates to mastering the basics, right? You, we can't you can't do everything, but every little bit helps. So we kind of harp on these basics. Uh Shay, I had a real world example, but about going to the dentist and them telling you, yeah, you missed this spot again. But Shay's, um, you know, firsthand experience in the beginning, I think just really screams way more than, you know, going to the dentist. This is, this is, this really does happen. But anyway, so to answer the, am I doing enough question? I thought of, I'm always looking for this kind of like quippy little, you know, ideas to, to help people remember. Um, but I was thinking there's like the five kind of cybersecurity must haves. Um, maybe a subtitle for it is like the basic, the five, um, P's of basic cybersecurity. And in those in alphabetical order, um, it's passwords, patching, perception, which is actually a reach for awareness, which Shay, I think you yeah. can appreciate that a <laughs> little bit of a reach there. And then <laughs> privacy and protection. Now, passwords, obvious. I think we all, you know, we all understand. Yes, people keep talking about passwords. And I'm, I'm going to ask Shay to talk a little bit more about that. Um, and then, of course, patching. Uh, we all know what patching is. Um, you know, privacy is, you know, keeping that data safe and secure and protecting from, you know, other uh, unwanted programs, or we call them uh, potentially unwanted programs or pups. So not the, you know, furry quadrupeds, but, <laughs> you know, actual programs. Um, so the first one I, I do want to talk about uh, is that perception or that awareness. Uh, I heard, uh, again, from another inspiration from another um, webinar that it, they use the analogy of a tree. It's like, I don't need to know what type of tree that is. I don't need to know, you know, what type of wood or if it's hard or soft. I just need to know that if I drive my car into it, <laughs> not to drive my car into it. I mean, it, it's just, and that's kind of what cybersecurity and when the perception or the awareness of the, the cyber threats are out there and they do happen to us. So um, why is awareness important and what kind of things do you do in your home or, you know, with family and in the business uh, to help spread that awareness? Yeah. So it's, 
it's a lot. It really is. You know, it's at work. We're probably isn't a day that goes by that we don't in some way talk about cybersecurity. Most of the time I would say it's in analyzing, is this email legitimate? But I think the big part of, of that to take away is that those conversations are happening, you know, and in person, we're not emailing somebody else to say, Hey, does this look legit or forwarding this email? It's, it's a conversation, a dialogue, you know, and, and it leads into other things. But to me, that's the biggest part of like that awareness program is to bring all of your users from the least technical to the most technical in on that same conversation every day. If you can, you know, if those opportunities arise, um, I share an office actually with three other people while we're waiting for our other office to get built. And a lot of times we have, you know, one of my coworkers will have an email come in and they'll go, oh, Shay, can you come look at this? And we'll talk <laughs> about it. You know, we'll say, well, wait a minute. Do you know so-and-so? No. Do you know this company? I do, but I wasn't expecting this. And normally they look this way and this one went to junk. You know, we kind of arrive together at where do we go from here? Do we click on this? Probably not. Do we call the company? Most likely, you know, do we just delete it and roll on, you know? So there's kind of like this approach to how do we respond to it? And I think ideally my goal would be for our individuals, whether they're at home or at work or wherever to kind of go through that same process in their head to really slow down enough and be present in that moment of reading that email or, deciding whether to click on something and having the awareness to know like, okay, this may have been unsolicited or listening to that little voice in the back of your head, you know? Um, And I think that just comes from keeping it in the conversation, kind of keeping it alive and and keeping it, giving it a heartbeat in in your place of work, bringing it into the culture and and stuff like that. And it kind of can take a while sometimes for that to happen, but it does happen. It will grow and it will, it will expand. And and it's a good thing if you keep, you know, it's kind of like the dinosaur in the corner, you know, if you keep feeding it food, it will get bigger. And so if you keep, you know, putting the right things out Mm -hmm. there and keep talking to everybody, then it it gets better and their awareness gets better and, and it's in a way that they can use it. You know, at home I'll talk to, I have a 16 year old daughter and most of our conversations lately have been about, she's just started driving. She's gotten a job. So, you know, she's wanting this online. Oh my gosh. Have one of those. There's so many lessons there, but, um, (laughs) <laughs> she had texted me the other day and wanted the Venmo app. I was like, wow, why? <laughs> you know, why do you need that? You know, so we kind of yeah. talked about, well, mm-hmm. she wanted to give her friend Kate $25 to refund her for a pair of shorts. And so just kind of taking that opportunity to tell her, you know, you need to make sure that the friends that you have in this app are people that you know in person, in flesh, You can call them on the phone Mm -hmm. if something, you know, and kind of opening her eyes to not everybody is friendly and not everybody is who they say they are. You know, with her, that conversation started a few years ago when she got her social media account Um, and the importance in that and just kind of explaining to her that you really can't trust everybody. And, you know, with. But everybody's got. I know. Right. (laughs) Uh, my uh, husband uh-huh. is a teacher and he was actually joking last night because apparently he was given the tech award 
was straight to his head because he knew we were recording this. So he's, uh, yeah, he's fair enough. Husband no, shout out. So happy. Um, but with him, you know, he's and what he does, he's like, I'm not a very technical person and I love him, but he isn't. But what he what he's doing and, and the reason I think he was given that award or recognized is he learned with the tools that he has in his classroom. And there's a lot of new technology in the classroom, right? Just like a lot of workplaces probably. Um, But he was learning it Mm -hmm. and then sharing that with his coworkers, you know, and especially this year being so different than every other year, everybody's virtually meeting and there's so many online platforms for sharing information and sending this back and forth, you know, really helping your coworkers understand at least to the level that you understand or, or keeping that conversation going is it's paramount. That's awesome to hear about your husband. Um, Cause right now with so many school districts coming under yeah. the microscope and you know, coming under fire with cyber attacks, mostly ransomware attacks. I mean, I'm just waiting Absolutely. to hear that our school district um, is hit, you know, but that he, you know, even though, like you said, he's not really technical, but he knows it can happen based on what you do for a living and they're listening to him that way it, you know, you know, that, that it, it goes to awareness and perception goes to, and I, you know, this this was the webinar that we were on before that we worked together, but we were talking about that security awareness culture. It comes with the culture. You've built that culture into South Blunt and, you know, he's building that culture into the school so that it's not like, Oh, well, really this, this happened or, you know, it's like, okay, let's, let's keep it from happening. Um, and I want to interject a quick, another kind of real world analogy, but I'll use it, I call it the door lock analogy, right? It's part of it is being aware of your threat environment and your neighbor, um, you know, your neighborhood. The more you know about the threats and the risks in your neighborhood or in your environment, the better decisions you can make on what type of protection. So how many locks, how many alarm systems, fire extinguishers, things that, you know, are important to know for your environment that make your home uh, or your yard, whatever that might be, vulnerable to a break-in or a compromise from these threats that are going around in your neighborhood. Maybe you're in a gated community and your, you know, your threats are less than, you know, maybe some kind of inner city, mm-hmm. uh, you know, environment. Um, and I, you know, knowing your, knowing your environment, knowing your personal environment and knowing what's in, you know, what the threats that exist around you, I believe you actually refer to uh, Sun Tzu's art of war uh, when you talk about that culture and, and knowing, uh, did, you, did you want to talk about so that a little bit? I, I really rely heavily on the principles in Sun Tzu's art of war. I just think they translate and they're simple. You know, I think it's something that everybody can kind of grab a hold of and go, okay, that makes sense to me. Um, but it starts off, if you know your enemy and you know yourself, you need not fear the results of a hundred battles. And that really goes back to what you were talking about is, you know, you need to know yourself. Where am I? You know, where are my surroundings on this? What is secure? What policies or programs or procedures? You know, what are we doing to keep us secure? And then also coupling that with what's going on in the world. What are people doing to try to break into places to breach those measures that we've put in place to keep us secure? And then the principal goes on to say, if you know yourself, but not the enemy, for every victory gained, you will also suffer a defeat. Because you can't just focus on you. You have to know what threats are out there. 
Um, and then if you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle. And that kind of goes back to that thinking that, you know, it's not going to happen to me. I don't need to worry about it. And Jennifer, I'm sure you've heard a hundred times, like I have in the IT world, it isn't if it's when, and everybody knows that because it, it mm-hmm. really just is. We're here to stay on the internet. More things are going to get connected. Thank you for tuning in. Don't you just love Shay Southern accent? I know we only got to one of the P's of basic cybersecurity in our discussion, but I thought Shay's lead-in story was so compelling and relevant. And of course, we couldn't be remiss by not giving some TCE love to National Insider Threat Awareness Month and National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. We hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. So join me and Shay next time to learn the other four P's. Until then, we hope you tune in to the Gate 15 podcast channel next week to hear what Dave will come up with on the next episode of the Nerd Out security panel discussion. The following week, Andy is treading on my turf a little. (laughs) Seriously, though, I'm pretty sure he has some cyber rock stars lined up for the Gate 15 interview. I know I'm not going to miss that episode. And I might finally get the spotlight on the Risk Roundtable in October, since it is National Cybersecurity Awareness Month after all. Either way, join Jarena, Dave, Andy, and yours truly as we explore the threats and risks across all hazards, physical, natural, man-made, health, and of course, cyber. Until next time, I'm Jennifer Lynn Walker, your cybersecurity evangelist. To borrow this year's National Cybersecurity Awareness Month theme, do your part, be cyber smart. The Cybersecurity Evangelist is a Gate 15 production. Please visit the Gate 15 podcast channel for more. Our full podcast lineup includes the Risk Roundtable, the Cybersecurity Evangelist, Nerd Out Security Panel Discussion, and the Gate 15 interview. Thank you.